Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. This is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Good to have you with us tonight. <laughs> Just kind of playing with controls here and trying to figure this out. 
trying to get the show set up, but we are set up now. Coming to you broadcasting live this January 1st, 2023 from the studios of KDIX Radio Dickinson, North Dakota. This is an AM station right here in Dickinson, and we are also being picked up on their website, which is kdix.net, and I think some of you are listening on that, and also on Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. And we've got people texting me tonight. Good to have a Brother Griffith was the first one. Um, praise the Lord, my good brother, Lord willing, looking forward to tuning in to another great Tell It Like It Is show. Lord bless you and keep you, he said. That was nice. The um, we See, who else do we got? We've got a Brother Luna. Hey, Pastor Bob, Happy New Year's. We can't wait for the broadcast in a bit. Uh, please bring your guitar and sing, please, step by step. You lead me. All right, he likes that song. We've got Brother Johnson in Gold Canyon, Arizona, ready to hear Tell It Like It Is. And uh, we've got Jason listening on the edge of his seat. All right, that encourages me. Brother Jones, tell it. Sister Bretts is listening in Kildare. We've got uh, Yvonne and Marin listening in Bowman. I didn't get a chance. They came to our New Year's Eve service last night, and I didn't really get a chance to talk to them. But those are some good people from our church in Bowman. We had a New Year's Eve service. It was really neat, uh, really cool. We had um, we had a lot of visitors. I, I think we had like... Man, I, I'm going to say 20 to 30 visitors come in for that New Year's Eve service, something like that. Some of them weren't brand new visitors, but people that hadn't been there for a while. And then we had our beach church show up, our church out in Beach, North Dakota. That used to be a daughter work of ours. Now they are their own autonomous church. They showed up. And our Bowman church, most of them showed up. And they are uh, used to be a daughter work of our church here in Dickinson. But now they're a also a, an autonomous, their own church down there, but it was neat on New Year's Eve to all come together, kind of like it used to be, and and uh, just have a have a service. We had a lot of singing. We allowed anybody that wanted to to sing last night. Uh, some people testified, and then we had two preachers. Uh, Pastor uh, Joe Hostetler from our Beach Church preached, and and Pastor Seth Springer preached, and then we had a meal afterwards. We. We uh, yelled at the new year and uh, stayed for a while longer, and I don't think I got to bed till two thirty. Went home and had a house full of company, but it was a, it was a nice New Year's Eve. Hope yours was nice too, and and I hope you weren't drinking that devil liquid stuff that they do on New Year's Eve. That's I've got a lot to say about that. I do, and the Bible has a lot to say about it. If I ever wrote a book, I have never written a book. I've wrote a little Bible study once, but that's about all I've done as far as writing. But if I ever wrote a book, I'd write two books, and I'd have to have somebody help me because my I don't think my sentence structure is really what it ought to be, but I would like to write a book on why God's people shouldn't have anything to do with the alcohol business. I'd like to write a book on that, and I'd like to write a book on self-pity. I'd like to write a book about that. Let's see, we got people, um, we've got Abe, Abe listening, his family is listening tonight, but they said, uh, out of all his family, not Oren, Oren's sleeping, so he's going to have to learn this by osmosis. Let's see who else is listening tonight. Uh, we, uh, let's see, I already said Brother Griffith, we've got, we've got Tim in North Carolina listening. Uh, 701-290-7862, you can text me. You can email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. 
Sometimes I get people that email me from other countries. That's kind of neat. So far, I'm looking over my emails. I don't see any of that. And Brother Luna, I did bring my guitar in the studio, so I'll try to remember to play that song step by step. That's a good song. I've got some, maybe some uh, Greg McCool music lined up tonight. I'm going to be speaking about what I spoke about in our church service today. And so, uh, boy, did I have a hard time deciding what to speak about here. I really, really did. I had two topics. Maybe I'll save one for some other day. But, um, you know, uh, oh, the Tories family is listening. That's good. Thank you for listening, you guys. Let's see. I've got my Bible here. I better turn to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. i got my big large print Bible. Let's see. Where is Psalm chapter 1 at? Pages are sticking, and I'm on live radio. That's not good. should just about have somebody here helping me. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf shall also not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. This this psalm is a psalm of contrast. It's contrasting the godly and the ungodly. It's contrasting the righteous and the ungodly. And it's talking about how the godly um, do a lot better than the ungodly. And that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about the fact that there's a price to pay if you run away from God. There's a price to pay if you ignore God in your life. could be an eternal price, but it's certainly even a price in this life. The uh, psalmist said that um, of all the good things he mentioned about the man that walks in the counsel that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, he said, "But the ungodly are not so; they're they're like the chaff which the wind driveth." And so we're going to kind of explore that tonight. I think I've got plenty of time to do this. I want to draw your attention as my example to Jonah, the Old Testament prophet. Jonah, in Jonah chapter one and verse three, we well we read that God had called Jonah to um, to go to preach to the Ninevites, but he didn't want to go. And I'm not going to do the program on Jonah. I'm not going to get into the depth of why he didn't want to go. I've done that really um, in detail on radio before, and I'm not going to do it tonight. But Jonah didn't want to go. He didn't want to do what God said. Uh, Jonah acted as people often do who dislike God's commands. He set about removing himself as far as possible from being under the influence of God and from the place where he could where he could fulfill God's commands. Um, that's one of the reasons people quit coming to church, quit attending church, uh, quit being part of the things of God. One of the reasons they do is they don't, they're, they're on the run from God. They don't want to be, and if you, if you are listening to me tonight, just out in Dickinson, driving around, uh, listening at home, taking a bath, listening to the Tell It Like It Is show. One guy told me he, he was in the bathtub and the Tell It Like It Is show came on and he didn't want to hear it. But he said, I couldn't get out of the bathtub, so I listened to it. He said, it wasn't bad. He told me. So <laughs> maybe you're in the bathtub tonight. But if you're a person that says that you love God and you 
believe in God, but you don't go to church. I don't believe that. I believe many times the reason people, that's one of the first things they do when they quit serving God is get away from the people of God. It's just like Jonah. They want to run from the presence of God. They're uncomfortable there. They're not going to do what God's telling them to do anyway. And so now they're just uncomfortable, even angry. I, It's it's interesting to me over the years watching people get angry, uh, even at me, uh, because they don't want to serve God, and they get angry at me. And I'm like, don't get angry at me. You know, get angry at yourself. Doesn't do it any good to be angry at God either. But Jonah was like that. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 3, Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish, which is about as far as you could get away in the known world back then. And he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa. He found a, a ship going to Tarshish. And then I want you to notice this. It says, so he paid the fare thereof, and he went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So two things. Number one, Jonah was running from God. And Mike, and he was trying to hide from God, which brings up a good question. Can a person really do that? Can a person really run from God? Like, where would you go? I mean, where, where would you go that God can't find you? Where would you go that God can't see you? Jonah found this out. You know, in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8, when we read the account of the very first sinning that people did, Adam and Eve, of course, and they went and hid themselves, Genesis 3, 8, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. Well, if you're going to play hide-and-seek, don't play it with God, because he'll find you. He can find you. In fact, part of what I do on the radio on Sunday nights is because I'm hoping that this is one of the venues that God can find you. My prayer tonight is that there are backsliders listening to this program. My prayer tonight are there are Jonas listening to this program tonight that are on the run from God, and you, God has somehow connected us because you can't run from the presence of God. And even if you shut the radio show off tonight, God's still there. You know, a Jeremiah 23, 23, and 24 such precious verses in the king job james it, it, it makes sense but it it it's just kind of neat the way it says it it says am i a god at hand saith the lord and not a god afar off in other words in other words am i if i am i just god when you are near me but i'm not god when you're not he goes on in verse 24 can any hide himself in a secret place in secret places that i shall not see him saith the lord Do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord? (laughs) You're not going to get away from God, no matter how hard you try. My question is, why are you trying? You know, um, Psalmist said in Psalm 139, 7, which is a completely different spirit than Genesis or Jeremiah or Jonah, because now David's talking about being in the presence of the Lord, but that's a good thing. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, that that you can't hide from him either. He said in Psalm 139, 7, Whether shall I go from thy spirit, or whether shall I flee from thy presence? 
If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. I was going to sing this song in church today. I didn't. Maybe I'll sing it here. I was just teasing the church. If they would have yelled loud enough, I would have sung it. Um, but but where you know where where could we go to get away from God? That's what this little song's about. But it's in a good way. Where could I go? Where could I run? Even if I found the strength to fly. If I rose on the wings of the dawn, crashed through the corner of the sky. If I sailed past the edge of the sea, even if I made my bed in hell, still there you would find me. Cause nothing is beyond you. You stand beyond the reach of our vain imaginations, our misguided piety. The heavens stretch to hold you, and deep cries out to deep, saying, Nothing is beyond you. Nothing is beyond you. Time cannot contain you. You fill eternity. Sin can never stain you, and death has lost its sting. And I cannot explain the way you came to love me, except to say that nothing is beyond you. Nothing is beyond you. Time cannot contain you. You fill eternity. Sin can never stain you. And death has lost its sting And I cannot explain the way You came to love me Except to say that Nothing is beyond you Nothing is beyond you Nothing is beyond him Can't run from God Don't want to run from God And even if you feel like God's not there He still is Whether that's good or whether that's bad Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is show, you can text me tonight, 701-290-7862. Now, the, the name of this program is going to be either paying the fare or not worth the cost. And I don't know if I've totally decided which one I'm going to name it, because they're both kind, <coughs> kind of the same thing. But I want you to notice about Jonah that he tried to flee from the presence of God, He found a ship going somewhere very, very far away. And he paid the fare, the Bible said, to get on the ship. I want to focus on that tonight. When you run from God, it's going to cost you something. Now, the devil doesn't want people to know this. Uh, He he doesn't want them to know it at all. But I don't care. (laughs) Uh, The devil already hates me. He's not going to hate me any worse now than than he did before this program. And truly, if he could kill me, I'd be dead already because he hates me. So, and I'm not saying I'm more powerful than he is, of course not, but I I do have a name that, that I can use, the name of Jesus. And I've got the authority of God's word. And so those are my weapons. 
But the devil doesn't want people to consider that when you ignore God in your life, you ignore his ways, you run from God as a backslider even, that there is a a, a, a terrible price or fare to pay. Now the devil paints a beautiful picture of sin, but he leaves out the price. Now it's going to cost you to run from and ignore God. And in Jonah's case, it not only cost him, but it cost others. If you notice the ship that he was on, they uh, this ship was sinking, and it was in a terrible storm because of Jonah running from God. And because of that, they lost everything on the ship. It's going to cost others if you run from God. I said it in church today, I'll say it again, that we have an influence on people. And if you are paying the fare to run from God like Jonah did, it could cost you, it can cost your children, it can cost those that are around you, it can cost your brothers and sisters. We are an influence. You know, we are. We're, we're not an island. We're an influence. I have no intention of walking away from God. I'm smart enough to know that I could be deceived. Um, even the Apostle Paul said that, that he could have been. But I have no intention of walking away from God. And one of the reasons is not only do I want to go to heaven, not only do I love God, not only do I have a fear of God, I do, but just think how devastating it would be if I walked away from God. I've got 21 grandchildren. I've got six great-grandchildren. I've got some of my family is not serving the Lord now, but they're looking to me. Just imagine what it would cost them if I paid the fare or if I ran away from God. See, it not only costs you, but it costs others too. Jonah, who was supposed to be a blessing to the Ninevites, turned it into a curse of these sailors. See, God wants our life to be the blessing. He wants us to be the salt of the earth. But if we run from God and God's ways, we become a curse. We become an embarrassment to the truth. You know, don't hold the truth in unrighteousness. This Acts 2.38 message that we preach is the way to God. Repent of your sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. Those two working together for the remission of sins. Receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the way to God. But if we walk away from it, what does that tell others? What does it say? Is running from God worth what it costs? You could ask the prodigal son that's that, that question. It depends on when you'd ask him. When the, if you know the story in Luke chapter 15 of the prodigal son, I, I reference the story a lot. There is a lot in the story that fits into a lot of things that we talk about. But in this story, we have a, a man that had a son that didn't want anything to do with his father's farm, his business, his life. And he asked his father, he said, I'd like to have my inheritance early because I don't like it here. Now, if I would have been his dad, I would have been over my dead body. 
No, you can't have your inheritance early. You got to wait till I'm dead. But this father was different than that. <coughs> he said, "Yeah, go ahead. Here, I'll, I'll split. I'll sell some stuff." He sold some stuff. He split it up. He gave his son the inheritance that he had coming. Just imagine the hardship on that father. You know, he must have had to sell whatever cattle, sheep. Who knows? Maybe he had to get rid of some land. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know what what happened there. But I do know that he gave his son his inheritance. And that son left home, and boy, did he start living the high life. Now, this story isn't about a father and a son in the natural, but it's about a lot of things. But one of the things it's about is about God, our Father, and the life that he's given us, That the the plan that he has for our life. And we say, well, we don't want to do that plan. It's my life, God. I'm going to do what I want. Give it to me now. And God says, okay, and he gives it to you. It's your life. Do whatever you want. And so the prodigal son left home, and the Bible said he was having the time of his life. And he was living in, in uh, you know, he anything he was big enough to do. He had money. Uh, you know, there was the drinking. There was the prostitution. There was who knows all the things he got involved with. The Bible just says that, you know, he was being riotous, you know, like he was just living like the devil. And he was having a wonderful time. You see, he would have said at that point, yeah, it's worth the cost. It, it, it was worth the price. But he ran out of money. And someday, you're going to run out of life. He ran out of money. A famine hit the land at the same time that he ran out of money. And he was feeding pigs, and he was getting paid so little that the pig food looked good to him. Ask him then, was it worth the price? Because we know what his answer was. His answer was, I'm going back home. I made a big mistake. This was not worth what it cost me. And I'm telling you tonight, running from God is not worth the cost. It's not worth the cost. The prodigal son at the end, uh, he, he, uh, he was saying, you know what? I had it better at home. I want to I want to go home. There is a high cost to low living. Text me tonight 701-290-7862.
about to take his life. He sealed it with a kiss. The cost was paradise. Thirty silver pieces bought him more than he could know. He bought a one-way ticket to somewhere down below. hitting song uh, greg mccool low cost high cost of low living boy getting some encouraging text tonight got a brother jones even says i'm doing good carl and Jeannie listening from michigan tonight the matherns are listening mitchell is listening too oh good <laughs> we got uh let's see we've got our team that goes to down to the New England Ladies Prison said between the two services they had twenty one ladies in church today down there, and um, kind of a kind of a sad story that may go along with what I'm speaking about on the radio tonight about a young lady they told me was locked up there. Uh, 701-290-7862. Don't call, just text because I can't take the call in the studio. We're talking about this concept of paying the price. It's not worth what it costs to walk away from God. It's not worth what it costs to ignore God. You know, I've got, and I and you don't have to just take my word for it. Okay, uh, don't don't just take my word for it. You know, I'm just another voice that's out there in life. But take take the word of God for it. Listen to the word of God, Proverbs thirteen fifteen. The way of the transgressor is hard. In other words, it's not, I mean, if you want to live a hard life, disobey God. That's, that's what's hard. Jesus said in Matthew 7 that the wise man is the person that, that hears Jesus' words and does them. He said he's like a man that built his house on the rock, and, and when the storm came, uh, beat on the house, but it stayed strong because it was built on a rock. But he said, the man that hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them, 
is like the foolish man which built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Listen to the Word of God. Uh, the Word of God, I mean, if you have faith in the Word of God, the best thing you can do for yourself is to to do what God says. Now, I, I, I don't think we ought to be selfish, but in a strange kind of way, the most selfish thing you can do for yourself is give yourself to God. <laughs> Jesus said, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. Get into that a little more later. But the... So the Word of God says that that there is a price to pay for running away from God and from what He wants and for ignoring what God wants in our life. There's a price to pay for that. But if you don't believe the Word of God, just look around you, and you'll see the same thing. Now, at the beginning, as I said, at the beginning of the prodigal son's run, he probably was happy. He probably was having fun. He had freedom. Didn't have to listen to his dad. Do whatever he wants. Had all kinds of money. But it didn't last. The pleasures of sin are for a season. It's so sad. Um, one of the people they texted me at, at the women's prison had a chance to be in the church. She walked away from God. And now she's in the women's prison in in North Dakota. I'm sure when she first walked away from God, it was fun and exciting, right? There's another lady that I know that used to be in my youth group when I was a youth pastor years ago. She ended up in the women's prison. And she chose to go there because she ran from God. You know, this this radio show tonight is not to beat up anybody that's run from God because I want you to come back home, but it's also kind of two, twofold. I, I want you to realize that this is dumb to think about it. Like, where would I go? Like, what, what do I want to do? Like, do you think God's commandments are there to, so that we can't have a good life? Do you really believe that? I mean, do you really believe where when the Bible says thou shall not commit adultery, that God didn't want us to have fun? That's why he put that in there? I mean, do, do you honestly believe that? Or do you believe that God knew how we would be the happiest, and so he gave us some guidelines and some, some uh, you know, some, some barriers on the road so that we could have a good life? That's what I believe. You know, those... Uh, those guardrails on the mount, dangerous mountain roads, they're not there to so we can't have fun. <laughs> oh, I wish those guardrails weren't there so I could get really close to that deep canyon. No, those guardrails are there so that we can have confidence while we're driving. Those guardrails are there so we can actually take our eyes off the road and look up at the beautiful scenery for, for a few seconds. Because if they weren't there, I bet you would be a little more nervous. You see, this this is, uh, oh, looks like I'm running out of time. You know, you can observe P- 
people that have walked away and in in a church of the size that I pastor, there are people that have walked away from God that have come back, thank God for that. They would be the first to tell you that um, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, there there is, or there's one other way. You can listen to the Word of God. You can listen to your senses, people that have walked away from God and how miserable they are, or people that are don't know anything about God and how miserable they are. Or you can just experience it for yourself, which is not what I want you to do. Jeremiah 2.19 says, Thine own wickedness shall correct thee, and thy backslidings shall reprove thee. Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing and bitter that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God, and that my fear is not in thee, saith the Lord God of hosts. So you can try it yourself. I mean, you can you can be like, have it your way. Kind of like, how's that <laughs> working for you? <coughs> That's not my desire. That's not why I'm on the radio tonight. To say, yeah, well, give it a try. No, that's not. But I'm just saying, you'll find out if that's what you want to do. So it costs you something. It costs you a lot to run from God. It costs you a lot to ignore God in your life. But in fairness to the topic, I've got to tell you, it costs you a lot to live for God, too. Jesus said in Luke 14, he said, in verse 33, so likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus is saying that my plans have got to become your plans. My plans have to trump your plans. You're going to listen to me. You're going to do what I want you to do. You're not going to do what I don't want you to do. It costs something to live for Jesus. And here again, the devil doesn't want you to know that it's going to cost something to live for him. And it seems like there are a lot of religious people, maybe even people that go to churches, that don't want you to know that it's going to cost you to live for Jesus. See, Jesus was up front about it. In Luke 14, he said, uh, he, I, I, he said you got if you want to be my disciple... You got to forsake all that you had, and then he before that he had said, "Which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it?" You know, Jesus was saying, "Think this through. Do you really want to serve me? Do you really want to serve me? Because it's going to cost you to serve me. Because you're going to have to listen to what I say, even when it doesn't make sense to you." You're going to have to listen to what I say even when public opinion doesn't agree with it. So it costs you something to run from and ignore God, but it also costs you something to be his disciple. So what should be the deciding factor on what we want to do? Well, number one, I guess ultimately it's going to come down to what you believe. Like, are you going to believe the devil, or are you going to believe the Word of God? 
See, because here again, the devil, I'm not bragging on him, but he's a great salesman. He's got a junky product called sin, and he makes it to where you think you can't live without it. I mean, he's, I mean, he's got a, he's marketing vomit and making it sound like it's Dale Jones's coffee. Some of you know what that means, and some of you don't. I've got a friend that roasts his own coffee, and and uh, people love that stuff. But the devil will try to make you think vomit, his vomit, sin, is good, and 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 people will start even advertising it on TV. Boy, this is good, you know this this is good. So number one, it's going to be who are you going to believe. One time Satan came tempting Jesus in the when Jesus was fasting in the wilderness in, in Luke chapter 4, and the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, all these nations, for that it, that it is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it, if thou will therefore will worship me. All shall be thine. See, Satan's painting a beautiful picture, trying to, Trying to sell Jesus on, I'm going to give you every, all this power and all this riches and all this kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. When you buy something, now, I'm around people, I'm around some people, I don't think are that rich, but they don't even care what things cost. I do. You know, I, I care. I, I'm uh, Brother Jones is listening to me right now. He's going to laugh at me, but he knows that I'm a price shopper. He knows that. If I go out to a restaurant, I, I like to find one that's a good value. You know, it's still good food, but good value. You know, like if I could get a really nice meal for $15, I don't want to pay some for $40, and he's laughing right now. He's probably making fun of me. But you know what? I know he's not the kind of guy that can ever go to a restaurant without at least looking at the price. You know, it's important. When you buy something, you got to weigh out what it's going to cost. And you got to weigh out the benefit to it. And running from God's not worth the price. No matter what you get. Jesus said, what would a man give in exchange for his soul? Like, what would you trade for your soul? I read a story years ago about a, when I, before I knew the Lord, I was a Alice Cooper fan. He was a, uh, a rock and roll singer, really a weird guy. And I read a book about him years ago when I was still living that in that life. And the story goes that he was at a seance. And at the seance, this young man named Vincent, somebody, was there. And they conjured up an image of a witch from the 16th century. And she spoke at the seance. And this is just in a book I read. It was, I think, an autobiography of, of him. And and this witch said, I will give you fame and money, and all you have to do is take my name. And her name was Alice Cooper. You see, the devil 
is telling you it's worth it, that's his whole thing. I mean, that's what he wanted Eve to do back in the garden. This is old stuff. Eve, God is withholding the good life from you. He knows the day you eat of this fruit, you're going to be like God. And you're, you know, so he, God's holding back. If you really want to live, Eve, eat that fruit. But it wasn't worth the cost. What they lost was far greater than what they ever thought they would gain. I'm going to just collect my wits here. Let's do. Let's keep going with this Greg McCool stuff. Uh, let's try this. Pastor Bob is back. The Tell It Like It Is radio show. Uh, my worst days now are better than my best days then. Live for God. It's the best life. The commandments of God are are good for us. They're good for you emotionally. They're good for you physically. They're good for your mind. They're good for your spirit. They're going to take you to heaven. Oh, We've got uh, Sierra texting me a scripture tonight, which is very fitting. Oh, let's see. Are these new people listening? Dwayne and Fawn are listening. I'm not sure where they're from. Hello to them. We've got uh, Dale Jones says he's laughing at me. That's all right. You back home? Are you back in Minnesota? 
So, where was I? Okay. What? So how do we make the decision? We kind of came to the conclusion it's going to cost you to live for the devil. It's going to cost you to live in sin. It's going to cost you to ignore God in your life. But it's also going to cost you to live for Jesus. Well, uh, Sierra sent me a, she sent me a scripture. And in that scripture, it, it's, it says, For I know my thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. See, it'll cost you to live for Jesus, but he, the Bible says, come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and then it goes on to say, and I will be a father to you, you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Almighty. <laughs> Does that sound good to anybody out there? Sounds good to me. That's why in the next chapter of that, those verses said, because we have these promises, let's cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the spirit and the flesh, perfecting holiness and the fear of God. You see, to be a son or daughter of God, I mean, the, the one true God, there's only one God, the God of the whole universe, to be considered one of his sons or daughters, what kind of price would be too high to pay to get that spot? You know, I mean, what what kind of price is too high where... The book of Proverbs, or excuse me, in the in the uh, in the book of Isaiah, it says, "For I am the Lord thy God." Isaiah forty one thirteen, and will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, "Fear not; I will help thee." So you're going through some trouble in your life, and God's promise to you, to you that have given everything to Him, is He's going to hold your hand and walk you through this time of trouble. I mean, sounds like I think I'm going to pay that price. Sounds like I'd be better off giving my measly life and plans to Jesus and picking up what he's got for me. You know, I I think specifically, I just want to say, I'm talking to maybe a backslider out there. Come on back. I mean, you're you're this is you are your own worst enemy. I'd rather be a servant of God than a king in hell. I'd rather be a child of the almighty God than to be a, a captain in the devil's army. You know, I mean, we're talking about the same Jesus that said, I am with you always, Matthew twenty-eight twenty, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Uh, we're, we're talking about the same God that David was talking about in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will 
fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd, as he started it out with. He's taken care of me. Someday, someday I'm going to, someday you're going to stand in the valley of the shadow of death. Who's going to be holding your hand? It won't be the devil. It won't be the sin that you've been playing with. You'll be all alone. I'd hate to go to that valley alone. You see, it's not worth the cost to play games with your salvation. It's not. It's not worth the cost. Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church, Dickinson, North Dakota. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30. It's 501 Elks Drive. Uh, you better come. better come early. We've been having a lot of visitors. Hopefully you got our place to sit. <laughs> you will. We'll set up chairs for you. That building will hold 500 people, and we don't have nearly that many yet. But uh, I was just joking. We'll, we'll have room for you. Come on. But Wednesday night, 7.30 is a regular church service. Sunday mornings at 10 is Sunday school. At 11 is our worship service. 501 Elks Drive. If you do need a ride, you can call our church phone, which is 701-264-7862. We also have some churches that we helped start from our church here in Dickinson. One is in Beach. It's called the House of Prayer. It's right next to the Family Dollar. Dollar. They have a Tuesday night service at 730 and a Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock. We also have a church in Bowman. We have some people from there listening tonight that they have their services Wednesday night at 7.30 and Sunday mornings at 10.30, and that's on 18 North Main. Pastor Seth Springer is the pastor there. We have churches in, the, in this area, Williston, Beulah, Newtown, uh, Mandan, Bismarck. So we have churches, Minot, up in this, this uh, western, southwestern, central North Dakota area. So we'd like to sure invite you to come you know paul is listening tonight i don't think i'm going to sing that song you wanted i'll, I'll try to do that some other time but um and boy and i don't know if i should sing this you know i don't have the words in front of me and this song's got a lot of words but but it just popped into my head and it uh, really goes along with what i'm sp- speaking about but judas sold the lord for 30 pieces of silver and he found out it wasn't worth the cost Hello, Judas, you poor old fool. You never did understand all the things the teacher was doing all across the land. Yeah, so hung up on your own desires, you never took time to see all the things, the only thing that he was doing was trying to set you free. 
So you ratted old Judas and you took your silver and you thought you were doing great. But when you got sorry, you turned in the money, found that you were too late. Yeah, you never understood the wherefores, and you never understood the whys. Go along, Judas, down to my way, highway, down to your own demise. Go along, Judas, you're a man on your own. Go along, Judas, you can die all alone. Go along, Judas, cause you never did understand all the things that he was doing in the land. Go long, Judas, you're a man on your own. Go long, Judas, you can die all alone. Go long, Judas, move your feet right on down that Ego Street. I said go down to that Potter's Field. Go, Judas, I watch you die, Judas. <sighs> But oh, my friend, won't you stop right here? There's a fork in your road. Don't think you want to get lost One way leads to a potter's field The other way leads to a cross Stop right here, there's a fork in your road Don't think you want to get lost One way leads to a potter's field The other way leads to a cross. I said, stop right here. There's a fork in your road. Don't think you want to get lost. One way leads to a potter's field. The other way leads to a cross. Lord Jesus, tonight, as I close this program, I ask you to convince, God, your spirit, your word tonight, that it isn't worth what it costs to walk away from you, <clears throat> and it is worth what it costs to surrender our life to you. God, somehow take this simple broadcast and break through the spiritual deception that maybe somebody or several somebodies that are listening tonight is going through. I pray, God, Lord, what I couldn't do that your power will do in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening and um, ending on a pretty serious note tonight. But I just want you to know that God's got the good stuff. Like my friend Brother Gene's always said, it's a good life living for Jesus. Good night. Lord willing, next Sunday night, 8.06 Mountain Time, I'll be back for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. When I place my trust in friends, they seem to always let me down. When I place my trust in money, There's never enough to go around When I place my trust in Jesus He forgave all my past Will they say you live and learn Now I 
the good wife, the kids I Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.